Hey everybody, Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book beyond royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Hello everybody, welcome. Ray Bram here. Glad to be here today. I am doing a car version of the podcast. Just did a family drop-off. They're going to the in-laws in Mexico. And so it's a five and a half hour drive to the airport. Imagine that. Now we live in Phoenix, but there are some great advantages to using what is called, well, basically flying out of the Tijuana airport. If you're flying in Mexico, it's significantly cheaper domestic flights. And to where they're going, we typically would fly to Mexico City and then take a three-hour bus. But if you fly out of Tijuana, there's a direct flight to uh, Querétaro. My kids make fun of me because they can say it and I can't. But so, and if you haven't been paying attention, there's this pandemic. And a lot of the U.S. airlines are just doing a lot of COVID nonsense, making up rules as they go along, more along the lines of uh, virtue signaling than actual science. So let's figure this out. And the easier thing to do, it would take us about an hour to get to the Phoenix airport, five and a half hours to what's called CVX. In It's in California, on the border, and it's basically a pseudo-airport that... You can cross the border and enter the Tijuana airport and get on your domestic flight all in one fail swoop. And so that's what we did, and I just dropped them off, and uh, I guess the lines were long, but the the whole crossing the border, getting on a domestic flight for a lot cheaper, worked out well. So now I'm on my way back from the uh, drop-off at the airport and uh, with the dog, and we are here to chat and that's more than you bargained for, I know, but three minutes you'll never get back in your life. But let's just talk about that. I, one of the things that we experienced on the drive over here was the what I call the Lord of the Flies in Death Valley. And I think the southern tip of Death Valley is where we cross here. They used to, I used, there used to be these commercials when I was young that said, you know, it gets to be 150 degrees on the surface in Death Valley. And they tested, I think it was Goodyear tires or something. Anyway, it was 118 driving through Death Valley from Arizona to, what, or whatever desert that is. I'll probably I'll look it up and realize I was wrong. Uh, on the I-8 across Arizona into California to do this drop-off at CVX, the crossover pseudo-airport to Tijuana. And we get over the mountain, so we stopped at one rest area in that heat, that 118 degree heat, and there was flies all over the floor, just, I think, trying to get cool and survive, because the bathroom wasn't air-conditioned, but it was definitely cooler in there than the blazing heat in the sun outside. Then, literally, 30 to 45 minutes later, we cross over the mountains, and it's 75 degrees in San Diego, and beautiful, and sometimes just getting over that little continental divide, the summit of the mountain, will bring you much cooler things, cooler air. And that's what happened to me 
with uh, virtual summits, and you've heard this over and over, but I do want to discuss it today because um, that's kind of my thing this month, is working on virtual summits and what I call author, or for authors, <laughs> audience-based authorship, audience-centric authorship. Uh, I just, man, I'll tell you, I, I could cover a lot of topics about this, you know, things that triggered me, but the whole point of it is getting away from this mindset, this transactional mindset where you've got to learn more about ads, the Amazon algorithm changed, something else happened, and you're just in this reactionary scrambling mode to make a transaction, sell more books, get more eyes on your books, and the book is there for that. I mean, that's good if you can, and you should, but that's not the main point. If you, most of these gurus are telling you, oh, you need my next, you need my ads course again, or you need the next thing because Amazon changed something, and great, that's fine. And I think you should, I've got, you know, Mark Recklau, my great friend there, a bunch of other people do well with ads. They also like doing the ads, and that's why they do well. Or they're just very disciplined. But if you're just, you know, if you've got a, a book out and you're worried and you're not making any sales, it may not be something you can solve with marketing and probably isn't. Uh, and I know I'm a book launch guy and I use ads, and I, I, but I don't do my own ads anymore. I just pay someone to do it. And my whole goal with my ads is just, heck, if I could break even, that's great. That's, you know, that's the stretch goal. The real goal is just to get people into my email, onto my email list, and give them something great, to, great reason to do that inside my book. So for me, the books are there to do that, and I have no illusions that I'm going to make some massive amount of royalties or profits. And in fact, I was working with a client six months ago, and I showed him my dashboard, and he was kind of depressed after he saw it. And it wasn't that it's bad, but it's kind of like, I, I said, look, I don't rely on this one bit. You know, I could focus on this and squeeze more water from a stone, or I can actually build relationships with my audience, and I do that primarily via an email list. So uh, the, the book serves the purpose to, you know, probably a first introduction to me, or it gives me something to give away on book swaps, and I can get I can get far more emails from it just giving my book away free with some other authors than months and months of even with sales on Amazon. So we you want to look at the big picture, but the reason I talk about this transactional uh, idea, this you know getting moving from transaction transactional. Uh, relationship with your audience via your book to a relationship-based relationship. You know, it's a, it's get, let them get to know more about you, your personality. They can certainly do that with daily emails and I'm not perfect, but I try to get, I'm trying to do one email a day and uh, probably average five, four to five to six emails a week for the year. But um, the relationship's much better. You know, people can 
reply to something you say and say, oh, I like what you said there from your email. Not very easy to do with a book. I mean, the idea, you know, you can certainly send them to your website and they can send you an email, but if they get on your list and you send an email and they reply to it, most people that are have email lists see that at the very least and hopefully respond. I try to respond as much as I can until 200 other emails show up and push the one down. Uh, so I'm always working on that, but here's the, so here's the idea is if I think you're getting it now is just take your book on Amazon, your, your ads for what it's worth. And if you love running ads, you should definitely take a course like Mark Dawson's or, or Nick Stevenson's, or there's a couple others. Uh, and learn it. I, I know Mark Recklow raves about Mark Dawson's. I've got it. I haven't been through the whole thing because I just, it was another thing I started going through and said, you know, I, I'd much rather get to the email list part of all this. And so I actually hire someone to run ads and it's really just for a few books. The rest of them kind of, you know, piggyback on each other. You run ads for one of your books, it's going to bring attention to the other ones. And, and then it's, it's a lot about building that list and nurturing that list and building relationship with your audience and doing the other things. And I'll, I'll just give you, let's just walk through the math here of why this should make sense to you. Now, let's say, well, let's make it easy. Um, if you put your Kindle book at two ninety nine, you make some reasonable sales. For uh, let's see, we're at what I think seventy percent is the royalty right now. So that's about two ninety nine. That's three bucks. Seventy percent. It's about two bucks. Let's say per book, and that's in a good case scenario. Most people are, you know, kind of forced to leave their books around ninety nine cents because the six million books and all these books at ninety nine cents, or and then you're trying to run promos and get and and everyone's kind of caught in this. Amazon rat race, trying to make more sales, and really, it's just like treading water. It's you make a sale, then what? That person's gone. You might, if you have another book ready to go, they might get that, um, and then you got to get a new one, new person to buy the book just to make another two dollars. Let's say you run a virtual summit and you sell one. You, you run this whole summit for a week and you sell one premium pass. And let's just say, let's just say it's $100. Normally it's $100, but you get it for $70 if you buy within the first 15 minutes. Let's just call it, you only make one sale, which that's kind of extreme on the low end, conservative side. But one sale, you make $100. You lose, okay, you take off 3% for the credit card or PayPal. So you're, you made $97. Bucks. Let's, we'll call it $95 because... Maybe you priced it at 97 and you paid the fee. So you made 95 bucks. Well, if you're making two bucks a book, you got to sell about 47 books just to equal that. And what about if you host a summit or you do something else, you've got some back end product and it's worth 2,000 bucks? Let's drop the fees because that's just making my mind work too much here. But and I was a math major in college, by the way, but I still don't like to 
waste time doing funny math. So you make two thousand. You sell one course for two thousand dollars. You got to sell a thousand books on Amazon just to equal that, and get it a month or so later. And of course, you're going to get that. that you know, two thousand bucks, uh, pretty much in a couple of days. So when you start doing the math, it's like, well, gosh, this one, this is transactional. I mean, I. I sell the book, and i got to sell it to a cold customer the next time. Most of the stuff you do on the back end, they either people who know you from your list or you're getting referrals from other partners uh, that you know from their list. And it's all warm. And that's what I mean about this you know, author, authors focusing on relationships, this audience-centric authorship. And... If you focus on the relationships, it's sure as heck, it's one, all things being equal, making any sale is easier. I could easily, much easier sell a book to somebody who's on my email list, if that's what I prefer to sell, than some stranger that I'm running an ad to, and by the way, it's free once they're on my email list, to advertise to them. So, this is the thing, I don't know if you could call it a dirty little secret or what it is about the whole self-publishing world, but everybody's focused on ads, and it's like, that's just cold selling. You know, and one of the first principles of business is getting returned customers, building a relationship. It's, you know, the, if you do the, the, all these marketing, you know, these big marketing firms, they talk about how it's, you know, the customer acquisition costs, and it costs far more to get a new customer than to sell something to an existing customer, which is what you're doing. Even if they just got on your email list to get something free, they're, they're basically a customer. You're getting their first product free. And now it's, it's like, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I, I see this all the time. And this is what drove me nuts in the beginning. It started kind of me on my quest to, to, learning more about relationships and back end and email and, and, and so forth because you know can begging getting I'd see these people in these Facebook groups say, hey my book's on sale today for 99 cents and you're, you're going to an audience who's not even looking for a book trying to sell them on a, your book and they don't know you on a topic they may not even care about it's kind of like the difference between selling, going and selling your book in front of Walmart or going and selling your book in front of Barnes & Nobles, you know, out front. People walking into Walmart aren't necessarily looking for books. At least going into Barnes & Noble, they might be looking for a book, and if you're there, they're like, wow, that's a, wow this is the author. I met the author. So that's my thoughts on you know, just, I, I don't know. I, I if the, the gurus of the Amazon self-publishing world just don't want you to know that. I mean, I, I get triggered so easily on this. I saw one, uh, an email from somebody, well, I should say it was a couple of weeks ago, but it was, I've seen it over and over from more than one person where it's like, hey, guess what? Amazon changed everything. You need to come get some coaching with me on running your ads and, and, or you need my course that's five years old. And, uh, I'm like, come on, man. You know, the Amazon changes their affiliate terms or something. And people like 
parlay that into like, ooh, this might affect the algorithm. You better consult with me. It's like, gosh, give me a break. This is, first of all, the one myth about Internet in general is that you can just become rich overnight. And most people that are doing well, not the ones that are pretending to do well, because there's plenty of those. In fact, a lot of them, it turns out, are people that I knew and thought they were be great until I partnered with them, and I realized they weren't as far ahead as they claimed to be. And heck, you shouldn't even believe me either, right? I mean, just do your own research, use discernment when you work with people, but this idea of cold churn, the only people that make money from that are the people selling you the course on how to do Amazon ads with this new thing that Amazon came out with. And, uh, you know, I'm calling BS on that. I just, I'm tired of it. The the truth is, and I, I bought into it, and I was always hoping there would be some secret. And there's always some hack, and you need to do this. And it's like, it's the same as SEO on, you know, Google and all that stuff. Everybody was always trying to hack it, and the, the smart guys, the people that I, you know, Frank Kern and all these other guys would say, don't try to hack the thing. Just produce good content, and you'll and build an audience. And it goes back to the thousand raving fans principle, where you, you know I, I, this is the one I fell for too. It's like God, if I could just get to twenty or fifty thousand people on my email list, I could make a living. And that's not true at all. In fact, I'm 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 starting to notice that people with the kind of the smaller and mid lists do much better than the people that are claiming they've got these massive numbers. I, I just, I've, you know, if you run a, if you want to see how well people's lists work, host a summit and get all the, these people as speakers on there. And when they promote, you're going to see, you get to get a back insider look into who's, you know, who's skinny dipping and who's not. And the, when the tide goes out, you know, that running a summit, the tide will go out and you'll see. And it all comes back to, to uh, audience-centric authorship is focusing on the audience, not the transaction. Focus on building your list and your audience and not the transactional cold traffic costs you money per impression or click or whatever. You can, you know, once you've built an email list, you can send an email and make money. And it basically costs you nothing yeah, for any emails, it might cost you a monthly amount to have an email service, a CRM, but that's just part of doing business, and it's not that much compared to what you can do. But you think about that, and I just think about some of the times, like, God, I could be chasing pennies, trying to tweak my ads and do stuff, or I can just keep trying to build my audience, build my list. That's what I want you to think about. I'm going to be talking a lot more about this going forward because I think people need to make a mind shift. You know, there's 6 million books in Amazon. Everybody's doing everything. The ad prices are going up. It's still one of the cheaper places to run ads, but you're still... Here's the nature of ads. You're trying to sell somebody who probably doesn't even know who you are. And if they do, they probably are on your list and you don't even need to spend the money to access them. And so if you don't, look, it's great. I, I spend money on it, but I know what I know what the limitations are and that's not my focus. I get people 
on my list every day from my books, but that's that's just a byproduct of knowing that I, I'm building an audience somewhere else. And the books do their role. I mean, I get people on my list that buy things and they're just excited because they've read my books. The books build that authority. The books help you share your wisdom. But don't make the book the center of your income strategy for your business. Make the audience the center of your income strategy. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to me, and hopefully there's not too much background noise here as I head through the, uh, whatever these San Diego mountains are. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, Ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience, and we'll see you next time.